Today is Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019, and this is Radio Wave. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We're seeing more in the Medjugorje world of what's taking place with Our Lady pressing down on us with the messages. What do I mean by pressing down? In other words, pressure. As Jesus went through his ministry for three years, it was easy to join him in the first year. It was just all love, no demands, just no expectations. He was given formation. The second year, he was stronger. And people had to start thinking more deeply about what they were going to be following. The third year was more severe, especially with the Pharisees and those who resisted him in the government, whoever it may be. And so now we're ending the third decade, headed to year 40 of the apparitions, and we see people who have been following Medjugorje are dividing. They're being separated. Why? Because we're bearing down, we're saying things more stronger in some ways, more severe. In the Q book, I wrote in the preface, that Our Lady's words are teaching us everything. It encompasses everything in the physical world. She's delivering from the spiritual world, but yet there's not one topic, not one thing that she's not speaking on. And when I deviate of what somebody's mentality is into avenues or things of the world, we get feedback saying you can't do that. You can't talk about the president. You can't talk about economy. In fact, I had somebody from Medjugorje, very high up in Medjugorje, pointed to ain't going to happen, the cover of the book with the dollar bill on it, and was told, this is not good. It's not going to be good for you. I'm not writing. I'm not putting out. I'm not speaking about things, whether it's going to be good for me or not. Our Lady is here to open up mentalities. So I wrote in Q book, these are tiny mentalities, very narrow and closed. They accept what they want to hear and reject, ignore, and limit the messages, meaning, in what they do not want to hear. So this is a problem in the Medjugorje world. You can't talk about things. You can't talk about what's happening in the government right now. I want to ask you a question. What is a queen? A queen is a woman who rules a country, a woman by whom... The realm is ruled where there's a king. Who's the queen of heaven? Who's the king of heaven? So what is a queen? She also is a ruler of an independent state, especially one who inherits a position by right of birth. That's the Virgin Mary. You think she just get this title and she doesn't exercise it? Is it she who brings angels down from heaven in Medjugorje? 
and they react to her. In our bedroom, Maria explained that to apparition one day, that if our lady is happy, they're happy. If our lady's solemn, they're solemn. If our lady's sad, they're sad. They submit to the queen. That shows that she has influence on them. That means she exercises her queenship. And when our lady's very happy, Maria said, they're almost in a frenzy. They're flapping their wings. They're so overjoyed. That means there's power in queenship. Why do you, who have small mentalities, do not accept that our lady is here to do things through all peoples, all positions, all governments, for her plans? She says, I have many plans. We have somebody wrote us yesterday. How can you say Trump is her instrument? I'm telling you, if the angels are her instruments, how can it not be even lower beings being her instruments? How is it she tells me and the community here in Italy, you are my extended hands, you are my instruments. She's exercising authority. And you don't think she can exercise authority with the president or others? Satan is doing it. He's doing it to the Democrats. And your letter's saying that would never be, can't be. How dare you bring Our Lady in such a position of lowliness that she would be using people in their office to exercise and implement her plans? I'm telling you, those who have written to us, I reject everything you say. You are the tiny mentalities which are killing and murdering our lady's messages all the time thinking you're the righteous ones. You're the ones that know what our lady's doing. Don't limit our lady. She's here to shatter all mentalities that you want to restrict her and stop her from speaking about. She can't change the world if she don't have the power God gives to her to implement things and many plans. In reference I made to a message that I gave me in Italy with Maria, I want to quote exactly what it says. Because our lady talked today in the message about her word three times. And Jesus' word. On May 31st, 1995, our lady said this. And while you hear this, Contemplate that she's a queen exercising authority and she's gathering people in different positions to do her bidding. And they said, little children, I desire that through your lives, you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands, my instruments. Maria afterwards said, this was for you, your family and the community. Nobody else was there. To even receive the message. Maria didn't ask for anything. I wasn't asking for anything. It was out of the blue. We were shocked. And I know many of you heard this before, but contemplate this where we are today when people are objecting about putting the messages on every position in the world. And Our Lady continued, and this is very important the next sentence she said, because she actually gives instructions what she expects out of me and out of the community here at Caritas. She says, get, G-E-T, as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God to a way of salvation. And that's why I speak with authority. I have several messages directly from Our Lady. And that's why I say what I say. 
And we have feedbacks that come in. And this one, I'll quote, it says, I follow all Medjugorje happenings, but this book, talking about Big Q, Little Q, she says, but this book, no way do I believe this is inspired from Our Lady. It is too political. I myself am a Democrat. And she goes on with her diatribe and her little tiny mentality. Why am I bringing this up? How can this person be right when thousands and thousands of people read Big Q and Little Q and completely are in agreement with it? I would say one out of 200, maybe not even that much, is taking this position. So for starting out for our broadcast, it's important to realize that not everyone is going to be on board with Our Lady. They went on board with Jesus. And Jesus in his third year did more divisions because he was more strong in what he was saying. And it caused more division and more separation. And that's where Medjugorje is. It's in his final laps. You have to decide if you're going to go with some of these people who are so ignorant in what they're saying. So narrow in what they want to allow the scope of what our lady's here for, which is to save the whole world, bring it to salvation to us people meaning she's exercising that authority as queen that you think she can't do this with presidents of the nations. Yes, she did say peace will not come to the president. And that's true. And we get who we are. And who we are now, we can say, and I say emphatically, Donald Trump is an instrument of Our Lady. Whatever you think about his crassness, whatever, he's still used. We got another feedback that said Melania was trash. She had been modeling. And Our Lady would never use somebody like that. And Trump is right with that. Oh, really? Jesus walks up to Mary Magdalene? Come with me. That trash, Matthew, the tax collector, is cheating in the office. In the Bible, it says that. And he says, come follow me. You people are hurting Medjugorje because you're not open to the messages. You do not understand the messages and you're killing the messages because you limit it to four or five basic things. Go to mass, go to confession, do some fasting and pray and peace. Well, you go ahead and do what you're doing. You're never going to change the world sitting there. We just heard a priest said from the altar. All I do in the monastery is I just pray for you. That's all we are in that kind of time. You're just going to be still cloistered and you're just going to pray for everybody else. No, this is action time. This is moving time. This is time. Everything is being implemented and it's a physical thing. And so our lady comes today and reassures us that she has a broad, broad range. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's April 2nd, 2019 message given on the day for non-believers through Mariana. Dear children, as a mother who knows her children, I know that you are crying out for my son. I know that you are crying out for truth, for peace, for that which is pure and not deceptive. That is why I, as a mother, through the love of God, am addressing you and calling you that by prayer and a pure and open heart within yourselves, you may come to know my son, his love, 
his merciful heart. My son saw beauty in all things. He seeks the good in all souls, even that which is little and hidden, so as to forgive evil. Therefore, my children, apostles of my love, I am calling you to adore him, to ceaselessly give him thanks, and to be worthy, because he has spoken to you divine words, the words of God, the words which are for all and forever. Therefore, my children, live joy, radiance, unity, and mutual love. This is what you need in today's world. In this way, you will be apostles of my love. In this way, you will witness my son in the right way. Thank you. In the Q book I wrote still in the preface, it says one has to open themselves up, look into the messages and every single aspect of life and how we live it. What is it? It is every word. That is how important Our Lady's words are. Even every individual word and every message has meaning and is strategically placed by Our Lady. Our Lady said June 25th, 2002, live my messages and put into life every word that I'm giving you. Our Lady said today, I am addressing you. If a teacher is addressing you, someone of his importance is addressing you, what does that mean? It means they are dealing you directly. They are calling you for a reason. She says, I, as a mother, through love of God, am addressing you and calling you. She's calling us to do what? To take action in both the spiritual and physical realms. And so this addressing has meaning. You go down further in the message of today. She says, because he has spoken to you divine words. The first time she says it. The words of God, the second time she says it. And then a third time she says, the words which are for all and forever. She is echoing the word. Her words are important. They're not to be limited. Our Lady speaks very clearly. And this fact that she says today, words words, words, parallels, pray, 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 that has meaning. The phrases, the placement of the words, all has something to say. It addresses us in an incredible way. Our lady said today something very beautiful. She said, he seeks the good in all souls, even that which is little and hidden, so as to forgive evil. Do you understand what's been said there? What he says there is preceded in the sentence I just quoted. She says, my son saw beauty in all things. But there's evil things, things that's wicked, things that are bad. And again, as I quote this sentence, she says, he seeks the good in all souls, even that which is little and hidden, so as to forgive evil. So he's looking in souls for some little good so that he can use that good to forgive evil in that soul. There's a beautiful revelation here. We know that. She's alluded to it before. But this is very crisp and very clear and very fresh to make us understand that. We have prisoners who write to us. 
And often they're very profound letters. And they're in a situation where they're in prison. They sleep on metal beds. These people are often broken. Some of them end up in prison a second time, a third time. They make a life of it. These prisoners really are prisoners of themselves, prisoners of broken families. And even some of these people are very evil, so evil that we can't even imagine what's in the mind of the heart. But our lady says, Jesus, my son, saw beauty in all things, and he seeks the good in all souls, even that which is little and hidden. These prisoners have done a lot of evil. But she's saying, my son is looking at them, the good in them. Jesus in the poem, Man God, is talking to the apostles and answers a question because a man they ran across was very evil, completely evil, the apostle said. You know what Jesus said? I never met anybody who was completely evil. It's a profound statement. And Jesus went on to explain that every person has some good in them. And that's what I was saying. Even if it's little and hidden, I want to find that so I can forgive the evil of them. Jesus went on to explain about Doris, who was very evil to his slaves. And Jesus said of Doris that he's a hard taskmaster, and he is very bad in that sense, but that he was a good husband. He was good to his kids and generous to them. In his walk on earth, he never met anybody that was completely evil. That's very profound. And so when Our Lady says today, he seeks the good in all souls and even that which is little and hidden so as to forgive evil. This is something hard for us to understand, but it's a lesson to be learned. Falling down a thousand times and got up again There's times I talk to God like He's my only friend There's times it seems the devil's trying to take me by the hand Cause in life, sometimes you gotta slow it down and let a bit take time Appreciate the little things that life provides to me I'll borrow pages from the life of Johnny Cash I've tried to find the answer in a whiskey glass I've done a lot of things back in my shady past And I've sat on that old metal bed Just living way too fast Cause in life you'll find You gotta slow it down a little bit Take time, rewind Appreciate the little things in life Provides to you 
pictures running through my head as I sat there on that cold metal bed and wondered how I wound up here again. Because in life you'll find you gotta slow it down a little bit, take time and rewind, appreciate the little things in life provides to you. These letters we often get from prisoners really speaks of the tragedies of the world where man needs healing. But it's not just people who go to prison. Many people today are in prison. Prison, as I said before the song, of themselves. Our Lady wants and shows us through her words that she's going to every avenue to the Mary Magdalene's, to the Matthews, to even the Judases, every person on earth. And you want to limit that? That she can't deal with a president and use them? You minimize Our Lady's queenship because this is her time. She's been freed to do whatever is necessary in this period. I remember years ago, after you'd been meditating on the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary, and one mystery in particular, the where Jesus is crowned with thorns, it really struck you that the restraint that Jesus must have had in being crowned with thorns when he was all-powerful, and he could have done whatever he wanted to the people that were bringing about this horror. And the message today, this is so difficult, I think, what Our Lady is really saying here. And that's what reminded me that this it's a restraint that you need. If you're seeing things that are evil, and you have to look for the good, the patience and the restraint. Is it, do you see that? Do you understand the, what I'm asking? Is how do you, is this really possible in the face of so much evil today? Are you asking me that question in the context of what I just talked about, Doris? How evil this man was? The apostles saw how this guy had no traits that were beneficial, and yet Jesus, and if you read the poor man God, the guy was very wicked. Wicked because of the suffering he was causing so many, so unjustly. Horribly, horribly. Starving them, making them work. He literally is working his workers to death. One of them died, and that's where and Jesus was upset. But then he comes to his defense and says to the apostles that there's good in him. And I've talked about this before. You can see somebody who's done something for evil or murdered somebody or did something really atrocious. You might be able to find out if you back up in his life before he did that murder for that week. He may have saw a child in a park do something beautiful and smile and laugh about it. And that's through goodness, seeing a bit charmed by that. We've spoken about this. And we have people that are going to perdition that that day may gave somebody a dollar on the street out of his heart. What our lady is trying to get us to see is everyone has good in them. 
And you're supposed to see that good in them because whatever is good is of God. And we need to capitalize on that. In fact, one of the ways that we deal with severe sinners when we run across of them, and I've done that, is we don't condemn their sins. We were cautious with that because they're so fragile that you had to bring them into that to experience God's love because they're already down on themselves. They're already hopeless. They're in despair. There's things that I could say to people in the community I could never say to anybody else because we are on a higher standard as far as what expectations of what God expects out of us. Somebody who's crippled, somebody who's messed up, somebody who's been through a family who's shattered, who doesn't have resilience, who hasn't had the, the love of the family, who naturally receive the good for what the parenting would give them in a the family, that they're crippled, they're handicapped. Only God can see that. And so, yes, we condemn sin, but we can't condemn the person because we don't know what is behind them. You're referring to about Jesus' crown of thorns and how I was relaying that, that the crown of thorns is symbolic, that he was silent. He could have spoken. He said very little in front of Pilate. So this thing we need to think out of the box. Meditate. Think about Our Lady on Via Della Rosa. The sound of the hammer striking the nail. We don't think about these details. If you walked in Jerusalem and see the Via Della Rosa, you see things and you meditate on things you never thought of. Being at the geographic place is an amazing thing. Walking on that narrow road all the way up to Calvary. So they lay Jesus on the cross. Jesus lays down. Mary's watching this scene. And they got these spikes. And they start pounding this spike right through Jesus' hands and his feet. I can only think how chilling that sound was. It had to be with her the rest of her life. It's because it was something so physical, something so painful to him and to her heart. And unless we think of these details, we won't be able to see these things. In Lent, we need to meditate on these things. What would happen if you were tied up and you saw one of your children being nailed with spikes and you hear that clinging, you can't do anything but watch? Transfer that sound of what Mary saw and heard to the happening in your family. There's so much strife in families. It's violent. It's violent to the children. It's violent to the heart. It's violent to their souls. We have wrecked families today. We're raising those whose hearts are injured. And so it is. We see these things. This is like the hammer striking the flesh of the heart. Many people are being damaged in the soul within the framework of the family. A crucifixion often. And it's not even reflected on by the parents to understand what they're doing. Only love is a hammer strong enough to scatter the sadness. Only love is a hammer strong enough. Well, the roof is falling near, pain is cracked and peeling. The devil rides the wind. I got a cold, dark feeling. Still, I hear you like a whisper. I breathe you like a kiss. So much that I've forgotten. You remind me of this. Only love is a hammer. 
Contemplate that. Jesus really was just a street corner preacher. They kept on preaching and laughed in his face. They argued with him. And to make the case, they threw silver to have him crucified. It's like one crazy movie. I know how the story ends. Love conquers hate. Grace will cover sins. Only love is a hammer, strong enough to scatter the sadness. My son saw beauty in all things. He seeks the good in all souls, even that which is little and hidden, so as to forgive evil. He is looking for loopholes through Our Lady to save souls. We're in a wondrous, amazing time or what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, Our Lady is using to shatter evil. So we get what you're saying here and what Our Lady says in the message today, But and we know that we are to do is what Our Lady says in the message, to see good and to forgive, but there are a lot of people out there who have been very, very hurt by people that have done evil, 
And at where do you find the balance between showing the mercy to the person who is the reprobate? And we all deserve the same punishment. We all deserve it because we're all sinners. We get that from the message. The question I'm asking, though, is where do you find that balance between finding the good in the person and telling them the truth that they have to hear? Because some people need to be told where they are. And so where is that balance that people need to find, people listening tonight or after the fact, people listening to their car who just got in a big argument with somebody and they're listening to this on the way home or whatever, at what point or where is that, where is that balance between the point that you have to tell somebody they're wrong in what they're doing and trying to find the good in that person? Well, first you have to gain the authority. You can't just go speaking about the messages and preaching on the street corner without years of cognition of a lady crushing you. You go back to the Thursday message we've talked about. You know the message. God wants to test you through your daily chores. You say, well, that's a minor thing. Another Thursday message says, Satan wants to tempt you. The next Thursday, our lady comes back and says, Satan has been defeated. And you give Jesus the victory. We don't know what was going on in the village in that period of 1984 to 1987. But one thing we knew, she was putting the villagers through cognition for purification. So people make a big mistake if they go to Medjugorje and they come back and want to convert everybody. You have to convert self. You have to change your ways. That's where you gain our authority to speak to people or to talk to people. I didn't come back from Medjugorje speaking about the messages. I went introverted, and I'm not introverted, but I had to look at myself. I've talked about this. The first step is to become an introvert. You can be outgoing as you want to. You can be happy. You can be with all the guys or whatever, or the girls, whatever you want to do. But you have to go through conversion. And the first phase of that is to become an introvert, inward. You look at your own heart, your own soul. What do I have to change? You start to be compassionate to people. You exercise charity. You start tithing. You start giving money away or gifts or your talents or whatever that is. And you grow. And as you grow, you receive authority for those things you've done in your life that you've changed. And eventually, if you keep filling up your treasure chest and keep it locked, it's going to overflow. Once it overflows, it's no longer locked. Then you release it. I wrote a short book called Treasure Chest. Order that. In that, you get to a point in your life spiritually that you can speak with authority and you can say things to people strongly. And many people were accepted. Not everybody. We're not going to have a better batting average than Jesus Christ himself. He lost one out of 12. And we're still seeing this in the priesthood, actually even more in the church. So that means at least one out of 12 priests may not make it. I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm just saying this is what Jesus did. How do we expect to do any better? So in answer to your question about the balance, you have to be balanced yourself. That gives you authority. And you'll know when you can say it. And you'll have wisdom come out. I've said statements with people that after I pronounced it, I said, where'd that come from? It was profound. Jesus says, I'll put the words on your tongue. Don't even plan it. There's things I've, I've been literally amazed where the thought came from. It's only from the Holy Spirit. I've told the story before, but it's apical to your question. When I was talking to somebody in the county down here on the highway across the field, 
This man drives up in the so car. He said, I want to speak to you. I said, I'm speaking to the county. I'll talk to you in a minute. So the county leaves. This guy comes up to me. He said, I want to thank you. I said, what? He says, you know who I am? I said, no. He says, three years ago, I was riding down the road. And I was going real fast. And I, I screamed out God's name in vain. You got in your vehicle, chased me down all the way, six miles down. And you said, don't you ever use God's name in vain at our place ever again. He says, you are very, very strong. This is a big old guy. I'm not a big guy, but don't mess with me on this kind of stuff. He said, and so you left. And he says, after that, I was so shaken by that. I went to church the next Sunday and I got saved. I've been a Christian ever since. It wasn't just my words. It was life behind that. There's a witness behind that. I'm still a sinner. I'll always be a sinner until the day we die. But one thing is you get authority to convict by the power of the word. If you know the word and you go by by your life and when you fail it, go confess. And so our whole mission is this way. And that's just one of many, many stories that you can't come back from Medjugorje with your enthusiasm and you had many errors in your life that you're going to correct everybody else. No, you become the introvert. You go through a period of year, two, three, four, five years, improving, and you'll know when you can say on certain things that you'll have authority to say. So I don't speak out of opinion. I don't say what I'm saying in big Q, little Q, without knowing these things. And for the feedbacks that come back, of course, this book is exploding, so naturally we're going to get more negative feedback than normal, but they're going against the grain of thousands and thousands of people who are in agreement with it. So why would you think... And these people, if I address them, I don't have time to, but I'd like to, is how do you make yourself right over thousands of other people with your position? So we grow in cognition. I wrote about this message today. It's online. Go make sure you read this. Download it. Make copies of it. Make hundreds of copies. Take it to your church. It's a logical writing. The writing will convict because it has truth in it. It's not because I wrote it. You can't disagree with it. Even a sinner will say, hey, you know, this is right. It brings people to conversion. And also, before you approach somebody, you always want to be praying for them. People don't always pray for people. So that's where it starts, before you even approach them. But you don't get so worked up that you rehearse everything. That's got to be natural. I have know people have been praying for me. I pray for my children. I pray for my wife. I pray for the community. I'm always praying for that. And I can feel when people are praying for me. I feel it. There was a pilot who was shot down in the Bosnian War. He was an American who was laying in the woods for several days. And there were thousands of people praying for him. And he said he felt the prayers. When people pray for you, you can feel that. So if you say pray for me, that same person praying. If I pray for somebody, God doesn't look down on me. He looks on the person I'm praying for. I'm saying that prayers for them even if they don't pray. It's a beautiful perspective to look at that, hey, you want your husband or your wife or your children to be praying, that you literally can pray for them, and God looks down and accepts those prayers as if that person's saying the prayer. That's a revelation that he showed me. And I always want people to pray for me. I'm in an important position. I want the community prayed for by you out there. And so it is. I was riding down the road. I saw a car upside down. It was early in the morning. It looked like it had been there all night. And so... The next day I came, the car's gone. There is a cross there, and that person died. We never know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. 
But we've got an obligation, especially for Our Lady, that we pray for people. We look out for them. We're supposed to be praying for a happy, holy death. Father Slavko did that. He died on Cross Mountain. And a lot of people die in accidents. And you could be preserving that accident that you might die in, that you might supposed to not be killed in it, but do you have enough prayers behind it? This is part of our obligation. So what comes around goes around. You need to be praying for other people so they pray for you and ask for that. Sixteen. Living four to seven, trying to make it back home before midnight. Man, all I remember was thinking this is it and seeing that ditch in the headlights. I woke up upside down, flashlight, old man, pulling me out. But somehow I walked away. All I gotta say, all I gotta say. Somebody must have prayed, somebody must have prayed for me Somebody must have prayed, somebody must have prayed for me Somebody must have sent one up somewhere above, yeah, I believe Somebody must have prayed, somebody must have prayed for me Everybody needs prayer. You need to be praying for everybody. Encourage each other, Lee said. Our best encouragement for each other is to pray for others. 
and then how he rebounds. One beautiful thing Ali gives to us is a special blessing to extend to other people. And you can do it many times for the same individual throughout the day. Because you never know what's going to happen. You never know what they need, extra prayer, that God can change something that would be catastrophic. And if you live underneath the covering of prayer, then there's no things that can happen to you except what God's will is. So what the song said, somebody must have prayed for me as a part of our life and living the messages. And we mentioned the other day, and those of you who are on the Medjugorje newsletter mailing list, that a friend of Medjugorje is going to be doing evangelization trips again. And uh, the first series of those will be in Texas, April the 11th and 12th. There'll be more information on Medj.com with the details for that and contact information. But uh, be sure to bring someone who is close to you, bring a friend, bring someone who you want to expose to Medjugorje, even people who are not necessarily religious. You can hear even from the subject content, especially those who have read the book Big Q, Little Q. There's a whole wide range of topics uh, that are covered. And so it's important for anyone who you want to expose to Medjugorje, you know that you can always bring them and that you could feel safe in knowing that they will receive a worldview, something that will speak to them personally, and also that will introduce them to Our Lady. So there will be more information on Medj.com. Just eight days ago, we received on March 25th, words from heaven. Our Lady said something very interesting. She says three times, scattered through the message, the 25th to Maria nature renews nature seeks nature speaks and then she says today your divine words the words of God the words which are for all and forever Nature is a divine voice. Our Lady is teaching us so many things. And she encourages us to go into it in every way. Get closer to God and to His creation. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Megagoria. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.